Hi, and welcome to the Knit Actually podcast. Today is Wednesday, September the 2nd, 2015, and my name is Becky, and I'll be your host. Today's segments include Actually Finished, Actually Working, Actually Hand Dyed, Actually Sewing, Actually Attending, Actually Traveling, Actually Reviewed, uh, and some contests. So hi everybody, I hope that everybody is doing great, thank you for joining me today. Um, our first segment is actually finished and there's not a lot here this week, but, um, I did finish one sock. I'm working on some Rose City rollers for my cousin for Christmas. Um, she's a junior at the University of Colorado and, um, she likes to wear her socks mismatched. So she's got all these like bright, colorful socks, ankle socks mostly, um, and she wears the mismatched, and I've been watching on Instagram everybody's great Rose City Roller socks, and I thought that was the perfect way to use up some of my leftover sock yarn, especially the yarn I've been dyeing, where I really feel like I don't want it to go to waste. I wanna make sure I do something great with it. I'm gonna knit her hopefully at least six individual socks, but then she can wear mismatched to her heart's desire. So I really liked that Rose City Rollers pattern. Very um, simple knit, especially for an experienced sock knitter. Um, nothing super challenging. I did cast on fewer than usual stitches because I wanted to make sure that it fit really, really snugly. Um, so I only cast on 52 stitches, which is pretty small, on a size zero needle, but that's mainly because of my gauge. And then I made just a couple of modifications to the pattern. It is a free pattern on Ravelry. Um, the, the pattern itself is a stockinette, um, sock. And I did actually my regular three by one rib across the top of the foot. Once I got to the foot, I did not do the, any ribbing on the cuff. Um, and the pattern calls for a heel flap, and I did an afterthought heel. So that was pretty fun. I am enjoying the afterthought heel. I like the way it makes my colors continue with the self-striping yarn. And I am definitely going to do that for all of these socks so that they all have the same heel as each other, even though not all of the yarn I'm planning to use is self-striping. So I did cast on a second sock of these um, with the Western Sky Knits Twinkle Sock that I um, bought at Yarnfest. I had knit myself a pair of socks and now I've knit, I'm knitting just one individual one for Caitlin. So that's pretty fun um, and should keep me busy when I just need something small and uh, really gratifying to knit. Actually working. I've really been trying to be pretty monogamous about my knitting. Um, I think I talked last time about the fact that I had purchased a bunch of yarn and I was going to uh, make myself finish a couple of things before I let myself cast on anything new. So to that end, I have been knitting almost exclusively on my briquette hoodie. So this is a pattern by Alicia Plummer. It's a hoodie with, I'm sorry, that I'm knitting with um, some Madeline Tosh DK Twist in the Blue Stowe colorway, and I got this from the Magnolia Society yarn club that I'm in. It's a great color, and it's a great knit. I'm really happy with how the pattern is knitting up. I think I mentioned when I picked this back up when I finished the baby sweater a couple weeks ago, uh, it felt real silky in my hands, and I'm really happy with the yarn itself. So I have made great progress on this sweater. I have finished the body and one of the sleeves and most of the second sleeve. I was really hoping to finish the second sleeve today and just did not get very much knitting time in today. So maybe I'll knit on it a little bit while I talk to you guys. But uh, it's coming along. So I'm going to be doing some traveling for Labor Day. I'm going to leave this project home and bring a couple of other things that need some love because I'm not really sure that I'll be in a position to do a lot of knitting on the hood itself. I 
do think I can crank out the rest of the sleeve pretty quickly when I get back and then hopefully the hood won't take too long and then I will have a new hoodie for the fall. So I'm very excited about it. A couple of notes about the pattern. Uh, the waist shaping is very dramatic, but I, I think I'm going to like that. I'm excited to see how it fits when it's blocked and finished. Uh, this is a pattern that I do feel like, I don't know, it needs to like relax a little. It needs a nice long soak. Um, and then I'll be able to tell how it's really going to fit. But so far, I like it very much. And I am excited. The sleeves are very long and also very fitted, which I think I will like quite a lot as well. That's kind of very much what I am comfortable wearing. So all in all, very excited. I wish that it, um, I had gotten a little more time to work on it this week and today, but it's been pretty hectic and it'll be fun to come back from the long weekend and maybe just really quickly wrap this one up. So that's the main thing I've been knitting on. I did put a little bit, maybe um, one more set of stripes on my self-striping socks. And I have this uh, MJ yarn socks that I'm working on for my husband for Christmas that I keep in the car for carpool. So those got a little bit of love this week as well. I don't think that anything else really got knit on very much this, this week since I talked to you guys last. Um... I did a little swatching with some of the yarn I bought at the yarn crawl, but I was not happy with how that swatch was turning out. So I put it aside and made myself get back to work on the sweater because I really do want to finish it up. So that is it for working. It's not super interesting this time around, but I am really happy with the progress I'm making. So that's great news. The other exciting note, I probably should have talked about it and actually finished is I did hear from my friend Kat who received the baby hat and sweater that I had knit for her little boy and she was very excited. It was baby's first hand knit. So that made me smile and um, I'm really excited for her and for her growing family. So that was awesome. Actually hand dyed. I did get some time with the dye pots this week. So that was fun. I dyed three things. I had completely forgotten about the third until I started looking through my stash. So I guess it's good that I sat down and wrote show notes before I recorded today. So I dyed up three things. The first of which was some more self-striping sock yarn. I tried out a new way of um, threading the yarn on my warping board that I bought. So the first several sets that I did, I wrapped um, just around sort of two pegs for each color I wanted to do. So maybe I did like four wraps around two pegs and then I would move on to the next peg and the next peg and the next peg. And I wrapped the yarn that way. And then when it would come out of the pot, I would just kind of stretch it back to where it needed to go. And I had a couple of different issues with this. Um, the one time I got confused about the order of the colors. So those socks that I've been knitting on that I really, I actually love how they turned out and they're fine. But the ones that were supposed to be dark gray, blue, light gray, pink, and ended up dark gray, light gray, blue, then pink. Um, that was definitely confusing. And I tried some tricks to like tie knots in the yarn so I would know which was which. And anyways, it didn't didn't work out super great for me. And the other thing that I was having trouble with was getting that stretched back onto the warping board so that then it was um, even remotely reasonable to get on the Nitty Naughty after it had been dyed. So um, instead I did today the technique where you start at one peg of the warping board and kind of wind the yarn back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and all the way around the warping board so that when you take it off the warping board you just have this big huge loop of yarn and then I tied that into eight sections and I just dyed each of the sections. So the colors that I used for that were the true black. I didn't use a lot of true black so what I ended up with was a really nice charcoal gray that I'm very happy with and uh, then there are, so it kind of alternates, the dark gray, and then I did fluorescent fuchsia chartreuse, 
purple pop and bright aqua. So it's really bright colors in between with a, a dark charcoal um, alternating with them. So that's pretty cool. I'm very excited with how the colors look. I think they look amazing. And I'm really, really looking forward to knitting those up. The thing that I think I learned this time was, I think for the size of warping board that I have, I don't think I can get eight color repeats out of the size of loop that I end up with. So I think that each of these repeats are going to be short, pretty short. Um, I hope that they're long enough that I get, you know, one round on the sock out of each color because that might look pretty cool. But I tend to like the self-serving repeats to be, you know, four or five, six uh, rows or rounds of knitting before the color changes. So these are going to be pretty quick changes. But I love the colors. I'm sure it's going to look cute. And it's just socks that are going to end up on my feet. So it's okay if they're not exactly perfect. I um, I do think I'll give this a try again. I think this will probably be the way that I wind the warp board from now on. And maybe I will try four colors this next time. Maybe I'll try six. I don't know. Play around with it a little bit and try to get the right thing. But I think if I wanted to do lots of colors like that again, I would have to definitely really give some thought to another technique or a larger warping board. So maybe I'll have to get creative and make one myself. I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, lots of fun and I'm excited about that. I am traveling this weekend and so I will have that yarn in my suitcase. My hope is that on the plane and everything, I will have time to knit the gray socks and finish them up and free up the needles. And uh, then when I get to my destination, I will be able to cast on some new socks. So we'll see. I will definitely do those as um, a vanilla sock with an afterthought heel so that I can see what the color repeat looks like there. So that should be a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to that one. The second thing that I dyed this week was just a single skein of some uh, merino cashmere nylon Aran weight yarn. So this is the same base as the yarn that I dyed that rainbow in for my friend Sarah that turned out so cute. And what I did with this was I just kind of tied this skein off so that it was divided into long stretches of that same true black so that it ended up a charcoal gray. And then I did bright aqua and a color called berry crush, which is definitely one of my very, very favorites of the ones that I have. So a pretty simple just hand dyeing technique on this one and I steamed it up. I really like how it turned out. My hope is that this will end up being a cowl and I am going to try to use one of my stitch dictionaries and come up with just a nice, you know, cool texture to kind of play with with that. So that is one that I'm really happy with. That base is really lofty and really squishy and really soft and so I think it's going to make a really really excellent cowl and I'm uh, just kind of still brainstorming exactly what I want to do there but I think that one will turn out great and then the dyeing that I forgot about I can't believe I forgot about it I actually was looking through my stash and then also I I went upstairs to grab the box where I keep the microphone and everything and it was sitting on the shelf up there and I thought oh yeah that was this time too I just dyed that yarn Apparently, I've been busier and more brain dead than I realized. So this one, I had been admiring a lot of the pictures on Instagram of sock blanks and also of people doing things that were kind of speckled. There is a class. I'll have to look up and see who's offering the class. But somebody's offering a class online um, Tuesday, I think it is where they'll show you how to dye speckled yarn, but with the travel, it, I'm not going to be able to make the time if it works. Hopefully they'll offer that again. But I thought to myself, you know, let me just play with this sock blank a little and see what I can do for some kind of speckling and variegated looks there. So the first thing I did was I just kettle dyed the whole thing to a light silver gray. 
turned out a little bit darker than I would have liked, but the sock blanks always then lighten up a little bit when you unravel them because the sections that are knit, you know, the sections of yarn that are sort of inside the knit stitch, if that makes sense, don't maybe get quite as much yarn dye as the yarn that is facing you. So all in all, I'm happy with it. And then I took three colors, um, a Caribbean blue, the Berry Crush, and one of my purples. I'll have to look up and see which of the purples it was. And I sprinkled them. I put them in little, I have these little squirt bottles that I got uh, over the summer when we were doing some tie-dyeing. And I just sprinkled color over the sock blank. So it's pretty cute. And then I know you're kind of supposed to just then knit directly from the blank, but I really wanted to see what it did when I skeined it up. So I unwound the blank. It's all crinkly now, but there is a picture in my stash if you want to take a look. And I'm pretty happy with the way the colors distributed and things like that. So I'll come up with something. I don't think it's going to be socks. I might do a fingering weight cowl or something similar with that yarn. Maybe a simple shawlette or something. But that one is probably a little ways away in terms of me getting around to doing that knitting. But it was fun and it's cute and I am really happy with the result. So that's it for Hand Dyed this week. I did get a couple of questions on the Ravelry group this week. Someone uh, in the group was looking for advice on over dyeing some yarn. So there was just a little bit of chatter back and forth and we talked about maybe opening up a thread to talk about hand dyeing. So I did go ahead and open that thread today. If you've got questions, if you're thinking about, you know, doing some experimentation with hand dyeing yourself, Let's talk about it there. If you've hand-dyed things in the past, I would love to see stuff that people have done and talk about techniques and things you've tried. I have really been sticking mostly to wool and mostly to acid dyes, but it would be fun if you've done Kool-Aid dyeing or used Rit dye, or I've heard of people using uh, Wilton cake icing colors. That's pretty amazing and fun and cool. There's a pretty great selection of those as well, even just like Michael. So I would love to hear about what works for you, uh, what you enjoy, and what questions you have, and just chatter about that in the Ravelry group. So check it out and come on over and let's have a conversation. Actually sewing. This is a new segment. I have not done any sewing until this week since I started the podcast. I do really enjoy sewing. Definitely takes a back seat to my knitting because I cannot bring the sewing machine along when I'm off picking up kids or dropping them at lessons or watching them play baseball or any of the places that I knit when I'm out and about. But I had bought some fabric when I was at Yarn Along the Rockies. I went to Fancy Tiger Crafts, and I bought some fabric out of their remnant basket. So I bought three different pieces of fabric from them, and they're all really cute. The one is a blue base, and they're blue and white and green sunflowers on it. Really, really cute. It's got little bumblebees, too. Uh, I like that one a lot. And I got a black and white kind of botanical print looking and then I got one that's a very pale tan with maybe a coral colored print coral and white I would say and it's like cherry blossoms so I was going to try to sew some project bags and I decided I have an Erin Lane bag I have three Erin Lane bags that I like a lot uh, that I bought at Yarnfest, and they are all lined with muslin and so I decided to run to Handcut Fabrics and pick up some muslin so that I could give the same thing a shot. So I found a pattern on Pinterest, and I will link to that in the show notes. The pattern is just called the Lined Drawstring Bag and Tutorial, and it's for, on InColorOrder.com, and the designer's name is... Jenny Baker, and so she has a free version of the pattern uh, that you can just, you could check my Pinterest, or you can look at the link in the show notes, but there is a free version of the pattern, 
and it is just using some fat quarters that it will net you a bag that is 10 inches tall and 7 inches wide, which is actually probably a pretty nice size for a single skein project. There is, her pattern is designed to do contrasting colors, so one color for the interior of the bag, one color for sort of the base of the bag, and then one color for where the bag cinches shut. I just did muslin for the insides and single colors for the outsides. But anyways, I went to the store to buy muslin. I knew I needed to buy some grosgrain ribbon. The pattern as written uses a little, um, you sew in a little enclosure. You kind of leave a little section unsewn and you, you thread some ribbon through that for the cinches. But my Erin Lane bags use a thicker grosgrain ribbon on the outside to make that little enclosure instead. And I really liked that effect. And I know that there are some great options for grosgrain ribbon. So I decided that that was how I wanted to tackle that because uh, once I get some practice, maybe I'll buy some really fun ribbon and do some fun things. So I totally have the bug, you guys. I had so much fun doing these bags. So the first one that I did, oh, well, so then when I was at Hancock Fabric, I bought the muslin and I bought ribbon, and then I went and checked out their quilting cottons, and I got a bunch of cute fabric. Three colors, I guess, so that's not terrible, right? I bought a yard each, and they were like four something a yard, because they were all on sale, so that was pretty great. So I got three more fabrics. One was a chevron with uh, gray and pink and black and white stripes and I love it and the other was a really cute white base with uh, like dandelions on it and so they are gray and black and a bright yellow and a pale yellow love that as well then I got gosh what the heck was the other one um, I have pictures of all of them on my Instagram and, oh, and then I just got a plain gray and white chevron. So that one is really cute as well. I couldn't remember that one because I haven't sewn anything with it yet. So the first bag that I did, I did um, the gray and pink and black and white chevron. I did it in the size that she called the artist bag. And really, it's big enough to be, you know, a small sweater bag. I am really happy with how it turned out. I used a black grow green ribbon and cranked that out. And then, like I said, totally have the bug. So I sewed like a whole boatload more of these. I think I've sewed six of them so far. The second one I did was a larger size. And I think, oh gosh, I think it's the everything bag size. But this one I did in the dandelion print. And so it's quite a bit bigger. So that is the bag that the briquette sweater is living in now and so again that's a full-size sweater it's you know it's about as big as it's gonna get it's just lacking half a sleeve and it is and then I've got a, another ball of yarn in there and I've got my notion bag and so there's quite a bit of stuff in the bag and it fits very comfortably it fits very nicely so that one is cute and already getting quite a bit of use and then I kind of just went like crazy. I really wanted to do a bunch of little sock bags because I have a bunch of single skein things, you know, laying around the house or riding around in my purse or things like that that I wanted to just uh, clean up. So I did let's see, three sock size bags and I didn't use any of the new fabric yet. I went down a size from what I had cut. So I cut out enough stuff to make 10 bags um, and then some of it is still downstairs waiting to be sewn. But I also then went and dug in my fabric stash in my uh, craft room in the basement and pulled out some leftovers of fabric I had used a couple years ago to make like shopping totes for some of the teachers at school. So one of the fabrics that I had was this really cute uh, brown and turquoise brocade so it's really silky I actually did these three I did not do the muslin I did just the inside and outside of the same fabric and for this one I had a thicker black grain ribbon and then I had this really pretty it's not grain. it's more of a satiny ribbon that was left over from my wedding invitations but it's the exact right 
turquoise color. It's my favorite color. It was my wedding color, and so I'm a little obsessed with it. But uh, this bag is adorable, and I love it. And I threw one of the gradient cowls in there that had been floating around in my purse. So now it's not floating. It is just nicely uh, stashed away in a little bag. Then I had a couple of other little fabrics. I had a brown floral. It's got yellows and pinks, and it's really cute. Kind of, kind of botanical looking, but also a little cheeky. And like I said, I had made some shopping bags out of it. I had just a little bit left over. So I did that one. Same thing, same fabric inside and out. And uh, took the socks for my husband, which had just been bouncing around in the car uh, on their own, and stuck those in there and that lives in the car now so that one is great and then I had another one that was a also a floral it's reds and blues and yellows and pinks and there's some green but it's really cute and I made a sock bag sock size bag out of that as well and so that one is um, holding another gradient cowl and also the Rose City Roller socks so that was big enough to hold both those little bitty projects then the last one I did so maybe I'm maybe my count is wrong but the last one I did I did take the sunflower blue fabric and I knit one of the larger size bags so the same size bag that the briquette is living in right now and I uh, whipped up one of those with the muslin on the inside. It's really cute. And then the blanket that I'm ignoring that lives on my desk that I'm hoping to give my cousin as a wedding gift is uh, living in that now. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty substantially sized project as well. I think the blanket is probably only maybe 18 inches deep at the, the moment, but it's very wide. And then I have four different balls of yarn that are going on that and uh, it has been living on my desk which does mean that it has been getting sat on by the cats which I was starting to really like freak out about so into the bag that went now if they want I suppose they can sit on the bag but they can't sit on the blanket anymore and so it's stashed away nicely and so now I have all these cute little project bags on my desk instead of uh, just piles of yarn and half knit projects and things like that and I am loving it so now I am a little obsessed. I have this idea because this pattern is really versatile. She does give you a whole mess of different sizes. I think I spent $9 on the pattern, but she gives you a whole bunch of different sizes. She also gives you the option that you could plug in the measurements of the finished bag you want, and she will tell you the right sizes. You have like, there's like a formula that you can plug in and it will tell you the right sizes to cut your fabric. So that's pretty cool. Um, I think I have decided that all of these cowls that I'm knitting for all the women in my family, I am going to sew little bags, stick them in, and how much cuter is that? I don't know if I'll use Christmas fabric or if I'll use regular fabric, but I don't really like the waste that goes into wrapping paper, so I feel like this is like way better. And then I started to get obsessed with maybe that's what I should do for all my nieces and nephews and my little half-sisters and all the kids that I buy for. I usually, Auntie Becky can pretty much always just be counted on to give them a book. My niece Grace, who's 12, is, you know, very eye-rolly about like, oh, Auntie Becky, I know it's a book. But I thought I could do some fun fabric. So then I went on on fabric.com and all I can say, you guys, is thank God for Pinterest. Because instead of just throwing fabric in my shopping cart, I could just go and look at fabric on my iPad and pin it. <laughs> so I have a ton of them pinned on Pinterest, but there's all sorts of great, like, you know, like kid novelty fabric. There's Angry Bird Star Wars fabric, and my nine-year-old is obsessed with minions, and there's minion fabric, and so that's really cute. My son, my older son would love 20 of these in different sizes with Bronco fabric, whatever. So I, and there was frozen fabric and, you know, all those kinds of things. So I really think that with a little more careful consideration and pruning of the list from Pinterest, I will probably get some of this fabric and make some little bags for Christmas. It's a really fun, like, once I kind of got the hang of it, I mean, if it's taking me 45 minutes a bag, I'd be surprised. It's not taking much time. And so in an evening after the kids go to bed, I can totally crank out like three of these. And there were such cute fabrics. So I don't know. I pinned one with little bicycles on it. 
I did just buy a cute pa fabric like project bag with bikes on it, but I could always use another one. And all kinds of cute ones with chevrons. And then there was Wonder Woman fabric. And so really I, I could just go crazy with this. The other thing that I'm thinking about doing is I have this very large length of Christmassy fabric that I bought. I think I was going to try to make a tree skirt, but it didn't work out. I, I ended up not ever using it. And every year I kind of think, oh, I have this great Christmas fabric. I wonder what I should do with it. And so maybe now I have found the answer because I do like to make gifts for the kids' teachers. Um, my son is now in the seventh grade, which means he has a million zillion teachers. And even my fourth grader, you know, there's the homeroom teacher and the art teacher and the music teacher and the computer teacher and the PE teacher and the aide in the classroom. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like 20 people at school. I work really closely with the ladies in the office and I like to do something for the principal. So it can get crazy. And I, um, I have a hard time coming up with an idea that I like for them every year. So last year, what I did was I did a bunch of handmade bath stuff. I did bath fizzies. I did shower fizzies, and these were super fun. They were on Pinterest. I'll try to remember to go back and link them, or you could just look for me on Pinterest, because I do have a bunch of them pinned probably on a board called Teacher Appreciation, because I run the Teacher Appreciation Committee both at their new school and I did at their old school. Um, but I made these little shower fizzies and they were like baking soda and citric acid. You kind of mix it together and then you use essential oils. And I did peppermint and eucalyptus. So you throw it in the shower and it's like a mix, except it's not all chemically and gross. It just steams up in the shower. And the thing starts fizzing and the eucalyptus and the mint come and they clear out your sinuses and they are fantastic. So last year, made a million zillion of those. I did salt scrub and sugar scrub and bath fizzies and shower fizzies. And everybody got the shower fizzies. Everybody in my family, um, I put them in everybody's stocking and everybody loved them. So I thought, well, this year I could do something similar like that. I think the shower fizzies are a great idea. I feel like teachers end up exposed to so many like germs and crud that the odds of them having a little cold or a stuffy nose or whatever in the winter are pretty high. So I like that gift idea. I think it's kind of cool. And maybe this year I'll do lotion bars or something. Um, or maybe I'll try soap. I don't know. I like to do stuff like that. But then I could make these little bags out of Christmas fabric and stick them in there instead of sticking them in a paper bag, which is what I did last year was I just bought cute Christmassy paper bags. So that's where my head is at right now. And we'll see. We'll see how much I get done. I definitely need more ribbon. So if anybody knows of a source for cheap grain ribbon, that would be awesome. I do think my dollar store carries it because I, I made a wreath out of grain ribbon a couple years ago. And I think that, that, that I got it at the dollar store. And I, I think the question just is, do they have a good selection? But what I have, I have just one roll of it still downstairs and it's just an off-white. And that goes with most of this stuff. I'd probably want black to go with the Christmas fabric I have. But anyways, I'm pretty excited about that. I also ordered some fleece. I like to, my kids have like a million of those tie blankets, but every time they kind of have a new interest or whatever, I like to do those. Last year I did for them each a tie blanket with the fleece and then I did new pillowcases. And so they use those on their beds and my oldest got a Bronco blanket and my youngest got a Superman blanket and then some cute like comic book pillowcases but he is obsessed with minions and I found minion fleece so I'm definitely going to sew him some new minion pillowcases I'm going to order some flannel and then make him a tie blanket out of this minion fabric I actually think his brother's going to do that for him for Christmas so that'll be fun we'll have to get him out of the house at some point and Jack and I can do that together but that is my sewing stuff. Like I said, a little bit fixated this time. So I hope that that was interesting for everybody. The other thing I wanted to say is the same person that I bought the pattern from does have another cute bag. It's called the trip, triple zip. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's got too many, too many P's and too many I's in there, but it's three zipper pouches and 
two of them look like little cosmetic bags, but then one of them does look like very much a sock size uh, project pouch with a zipper. So that would be another one to check out as well if sewing project bags is something that interests you because it sure as heck interests me. I'm really excited about this. So that's it for sewing. Next up, actually attending. So I have a bunch of things on my list here. Some of them are things I'm attending and some of them are things I'm just uh, participating in. So the Salida Fiber Festival is on September the 12th. That's a week from this Saturday. Salida is a pretty long drive from where I live, but I'm still pretty strongly considering going. I thought I was going to have to travel for work on the 13th, in which case there would have been no way to make this all work. But my trip got pushed back quite a ways, and so I'm not traveling. And I might still just hop in the car and head over to Salida. I'm pretty excited about the idea, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. The other thing that I got an email about today is there's a store called My Sister Knits in Fort Collins, Colorado. I have not visited that store yet, but it's on my list. My friend Sarah was there when she was home over the summer, and she loved it and raved about it and thought it was great. So it's been on my list to get up there and visit. And they are doing a trunk show for um, Yarns on the House, and that is September 24th from 3 to 6 p.m. So that one could be tricky. It's a school night, but I also just put my kids in this amazing homework club where they do martial arts and I really think that uh, I might be able to drop them at homework club get up to Fort Collins spend a little time at the trunk show and then get back so we'll see maybe that's crazy maybe uh, I just need to know that that's a brand of yarn that I want to see and feel and touch and now I know they carry it in my sister knits which is a store I want to go to so maybe it'll have to be a different day that I that I sneak up there to Fort Collins but I was intrigued at, to say the least when I got that email today. The other thing that I'm thinking about doing is Fancy Tiger Crafts which I've talked about a bunch of times which is my favorite store in all the world is doing a dyeing class and they're doing one in September, but it's already sold out. So there's a class on Wednesday, October 21st, and it's $50. And Megan from Sleep Season Goods is teaching the class. So I feel like that it's, you know, natural protein fibers, so it's going to be wool and acid dyes. And it's just an introductory class. But most of what I've learned so far has been from books with a little bit of supplement from YouTube. So I feel like going in and taking a class with a real live dyer could really bring me along quite a ways. I feel like I probably would benefit a lot from being able to ask questions of somebody. And I am trying to just branch out and do more um, fiber related activities. So I'm really strongly considering this. Let's see, gosh, today when I was looking there were six seats available, now it says five, so I probably better decide sooner rather than later. Hopefully hopefully it won't sell out over Labor Day weekend and I can decide when I get home. So we'll see, that could be really fun. And then the last thing that's an actual event is really, at this point, just going to be a little bit of a tease, and that is that I have been brainstorming in the back of my head a fiber event that I could host here in Colorado, and it's starting to be less of a brainstorm and more of a reality. So I did a bunch of work last weekend to start to get my thoughts together and get organized and pull together the information I need. I am not ready for a big reveal yet, but as soon as I am, you guys will be the absolute first to know. I do think it's a it's going to be a local event and it's going to be kind of a one-day thing. It's not the type of thing someone would ever travel for. So for a lot of you... Um, You'll just have to listen along. But I do also think that I will um, incorporate something with the podcast. Maybe we'll do a knit along along with it or something like that. So stay tuned. And literally, you guys, I'm like bursting with excitement about this thing. I'm so excited. It's going to be really fun. 
So I will keep you all posted. The last two things in this segment that I did want to talk about is there are a couple of fun things going on um, with a couple of other podcasts. The Geeky Girl Knits podcast is doing a cool thing on Instagram um, where it's a picture a day for 30 days in September. And so that is something that I am going to try to participate in. It's day three, and so far I'm still at it, so that's a good sign. But they just have kind of a little prompt every day, and they give you a prompt, and then you're supposed to post a picture. The hashtag is GGK for Geeky Girl Knits. Um, Crafty Pad, because picture a day, photo a day, I guess. So some of the prompts that are in here are getting ready, a good thing, um, what I'm doing now, the color red, the color brown, end of summer, made me smile, crafty selfie. So there's 30 different prompts, and if you search on that hashtag on Instagram or go to geekygirlsknit.com, geekygirlsknit, sorry, .com, then you could find the details, and I don't think it's the type of thing that you needed to join in on the very first day. You could join in any time. So... That's something I'm doing for fun. You can follow me on Instagram and just watch mine if you wanted to. The last thing that I'm looking forward to is Boston Jen from the Down Cellar Studio podcast, which has quickly become a favorite of mine, is doing this cool knit along. And I think she's done it before, but I just discovered her podcast in May. So this will be my first time participating. She does a knit along that runs for the entirety of football season and it's called the pigskin party cal and i would just recommend that you go to downsellerstudio.com but it's super organized like she's got it down so she's got all these great um details and rules there's a whole page that you can get to from downsellerstudio.com and she's got headline sponsors and coupon codes but the basic net of it is that you can cast on uh, after September the 10th, or I guess on September the 10th, which is the first day of the NFL season, and then you can knit, crochet, or spin until February 8th, and I think that must be Super Bowl Sunday. And there's all sorts of good stuff. So there, it's a five-month contest. It's really not in any way football-related except for the name and the dates and so she's got all these cute like then football-y things but you don't have to knit like a bronco hat or something you can knit whatever you want but you get um points so for every hundred yards of a finished object you get seven points for a touchdown and um she's got special teams and a blitz and so you get extra points if you use stuff from her sponsors, and then she'll do prizes. So I, I listened to the episode the other day where she described it, and I thought, man, she put a lot of thought into this. And it really sounds like it could be a ton of fun. So I am going to play along in that this year. And if anybody else wants to play along with that, I think there's points for drafting. So let me know. Hit me up on Ravelry maybe and... We can get a little draft going, and people can get points for referring each other. I think it sounds like a blast. So, actually traveling. I did um, mention a couple times, I think, already that I'm just taking a little getaway for Labor Day weekend, which means yarn packing. So, I think this is always a funny topic to talk about. So I had to very strategically think about my knitting time and how much I'm bringing. I'm not bringing much luggage because it's just a weekend trip. So I just have a little like roller bag and then a tote bag that I'm going to bring. Of course, now I have a million zillion project bags, so I can tuck those away in my big tote bag. Uh, but I, I figure I have time knitting at the airport and on the flight and on the ride from the flight to where I'm staying and then we've got a couple of things we're planning to do that are driving things so there will be time in the car and then the whole flight back so I probably have delusions of grandeur when it comes to how much knitting I'm actually going to accomplish but I decided to bring 
the following projects. <laughs> I'm bringing along my socks, the gray and pink and blue socks, so that hopefully I can crank those out. I'm most of the way done with the leg now. So they just need a heel and a foot and a toe. And that feels to me like good car knitting. I do have my cute little Erin Lane bag that um, hooks on to, you know, a belt loop. So I can even do that if we're walking around. So we'll see. Maybe I will finally finish that pair of socks. I'm excited to have them. So that would be good. Then as backup, in case I finish those socks and I need more socks, I stuck in my suitcase the self-striping yarn that I just dyed that I talked to you guys about earlier. Then I am bringing my three-color cowl from Hohi Locatelli. I feel like that's another good small-sized project. It's not going to take up a lot of room in my bag. I'm excited about it. It hasn't been out of um, its project bag in a couple of weeks. So I'm hopeful that that one will maybe get some love this weekend as well. And then I am bringing along the True sweater by Hohi Locatelli. So I'm leaving the briquette at home, but I feel like if I, especially like on the plane, if I really want to make some progress, I feel like I could make some pretty good progress on that sweater. And that is one that I'm very excited to have for fall. And once briquette is done, that will become my main sweater project. So again, that's the Hohi Locatelli um, pattern. It's a cardigan coat and I'm knitting that in Madeline Tosh Long Rider DK in the Raspberry Cordial colorway and it's beautiful and I am probably bringing way too much yarn along for it. <laughs> so I have the ball of yarn that's active which is probably most of a ball of yarn still. Then I had one skein kicked up sitting in the project bag. Then of course I decided tonight that I needed to wind another skein just in case. So I have enough knitting with me that I could get snowed in somewhere in September, which is obviously not going to happen. And I would probably have enough knitting. If I didn't have my suitcase, I would not have clean underpants, but I will have enough knitting in my tote bag to last me through any sort of long delay or crazy thing that happens. Um, so we'll see. I'll recap for you guys next time how much I actually managed to knit, and we'll, we can talk about my uh, my packing versus my knitting because I, I don't think they're going to um, stack up quite the same as each other. So another thing I wanted to do today is I got a book today. This is a book that I purchased that I am super excited about, and I wanted to do a quick book review. I haven't done a book review with you guys before, but I have been waiting for months for this book to come out. And so the minute it got here today, I wanted to um, talk about my excitement, and then I'll talk a little bit about uh, what that means for the podcast. So uh, you guys might remember if you listened to the early episodes that I went to two classes at YarnFest um, in April with Kate Atherley, and I think that she is brilliant, and I learned a ton from her classes. And she published a book, I think in August, it's called Custom Socks Knit to Fit Your Feet. And it is published by Interweave, and the retail price on it is $27.99. I bought it on Amazon, and right now the paperback version is $17.62. This is a book that is also um, available on Kindle Unlimited. I don't have Kindle Unlimited, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's the second knitting book in two days that I've seen that's on Kindle Unlimited which means that you could read it for free. I don't, I'm pretty happy about having a paper copy of this book, I'm not going to lie, but um, but I could imagine that if I had Kindle Unlimited, I would also use it on my Kindle. And I think the Kindle version of the book is $14.99 on Amazon. So pretty good price. And when I talk to you guys about a little bit about the book, it's a good price in, it, in my mind and an exceptional value. So it's a very well-published book. I have another one of Kate's books that she actually signed for me, and it was her um, design book that's a cooperative press book. And I love the content of that book. That book is 
printed in order to be economical, I think. I think that's kind of how cooperative press works. So the paper in that is very thin. It's a very low weight paper. And this is all, you know, gorgeous, heavy, glossy stock paper. So just the quality of the book is fantastic. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the contents. This book, it's like a master class in socks, sock knitting. I did spend two days with Kate um, at Yarnfest, and I got a lot of great information. But this book takes it to a whole different level. I feel like it would be the equivalent of spending a week with her just, you know, pouring knowledge out of her brain into yours. So the first chapter is on sock sizing, and she's got so much great information here. She did a whole survey of sock knitters and tried to figure out, based on people's, um, you know, what were their foot circumference, their length, their ankle circumference, what gusset size do they need. It's, like, it's amazing, all of these measurements. And then she kind of has the results of the table. You can calculate your personal foot measurements, which this is something I did as part of the class, and it really did change the way I was knitting my socks. But then she's got a whole bunch of stuff here that kind of map your shoe size, and she's got U.S. Canadian shoe size, European, U.K., and it will kind of tell you based on your shoe size what she estimates your foot circumference, sock circumference, foot length, and finished sock length should be. There's a chart for women's sizes, for men's sizes, for children's sizes. It's just huge amounts of information. And that's just chapter one. So chapter two is about yarn and needle and gauge. She talks about spin and plies. She talks about fiber content and what will and won't wear well, which she spent a lot of time talking about with us. And then she's got uh, yarn requirements and there's two pages of charts there to talk about, you know, what your circumference is, how long you're going to want your um, your calf length to be, what your gauge looks like, and then how much yardage your sock is going to take up. I'm just blown away by the amount of thought that went into this. And some of this, you know, for example, I knit socks for my husband and... I need to sit back down and take a look at the yardage of the, I feel like if I sit down and I take a look at the yardage of the, the yarn that I bought for him, and then I, I have his measurements because I did do the measurements. Now I could go through and figure out exactly how long I can make the calf um, to not use up all of my yarn. I'm looking at it and doing a quick estimate, and I think the answer is going to be a five and a half inch calf but that's okay because now I know so anyways it's really a ton of information so then she talks about needles she talks about double points and two circulars and magic loop and then a short circular when I was in class she actually had this itty bitty little short circular it was real pointy needles I can't remember the brand name um, but she wanted us all to try it out she was kind of testing it out um, and she had this adorable rainbow sock yarn, and she just had her sock, and she was kind of like, well, I need the cup knitted, and she passed it around. We all get to knit a little on her needles, and I did not love it. It was not for me, but it was interesting, and so she talks here about using a short circular to do um, sock knitting. So then she talks about, you know, things to keep in mind, how to fix your ladders. She's got a tip here about swatching, which she also showed us in class, which I thought was really cool. Stitch proportions, yarn equivalents. Um, she's got a couple different things about heel stitch patterns. So, I mean, the density of this book, I'm just going to sit on the plane and, and knit and devour this book tomorrow. Um, so then she talks about basic patterns, top-down socks, she talks about flexible cast-ons. One of the things she has in here is the German um, or old Norwegian cast-on, which she taught us in class, which was fantastic. Um, different types of decreases, whether or not you need to graft your socks. And then there's all these great things. There's a basic top-down sock pattern. And I think this is essentially, you know, the same handout that she gave me in class, but it it's really great. And um, this talks about 
now you get into a section and there's like six pages of charts of um, what your gauge is versus your finished circumference and it gives you all the math so how many stitches are you casting on how many heel stitches how many heel rows how many stitches in the gusset toe gusset toe increases all this stuff she's done all the math for you so that you could just measure your foot and then never have to do the math you could just look up in these tables how to make the sock and it's so amazing so she does top down and toe up which is great she talks about heel flaps and stretchy bind offs and things like that then she's got the same sort of recipe there for a basic toe up sock so I'm I tend to do top down I will tell you that uh, now that I have this book I really feel like probably there's a toe up sock in my future so um, then we get to adding on stitch patterns and she's got a whole chapter here about how to accommodate repeats how to um, handle large repeats versus little things, how to position the heel flap, what are things that affect gauge. If you have any interest in designing socks at all, uh, I feel like there's such a depth of knowledge here in terms of, you know, cables and lace and how that impacts the sock and how that impacts the fit of the sock, which, you know, it's clear from the book is really what she thinks is the most important thing. So then she's got, starting, you know, several chapters in, she's got 15 different sock designs. And so for each one, and I won't walk through all of them, but for each one, she's got the pattern. She talks very much about, you know, what kind of yarn works well. Um, it starts with a basic ribbed sock. So then you've got some of the traditional just pattern versions. She does do a top-down and a toe-up version of every single sock in the book, which is super cool. And then there's a design case study. So she, she's got a page for every single one of these socks where she talks about the design process and how to use these patterns and sort of what her thought process was. It's amazing. There are some really great men's socks in here. Um, there are some very cute lace socks. There are some cabled socks, and she talks about the challenges of using, using cables. Um, and there is, uh, at the very end, there's a pair of knee socks, which uh, I really love. They're beautiful. There's some socks that have color work, and it's some really fun color work. I don't do a lot of color work myself. This book makes me feel like maybe I would be brave enough to do stranded color work socks. Um, so for every sock, there is just an incredible amount of detail. There are five or six pairs of socks in here that I would definitely, definitely, definitely knit. Um, the fun thing for me is she brought the samples. She was, you know, working hard on the book and it was Interweave Yarn Fest. This is an interweave book. So she was working hard on the book when she was there in class. I think it was finished or just about finished. Um, but she had all the samples and she got, she passed them around and we got to touch them and feel them and look at them. And I think what she had was for every pair of socks, she had the top down and the toe up and they had like, you know, little pieces of paper, like safety pin to them. So we knew which one was which and you could take a look and you could see how it changed the shape of the sock because it did change the shape of the sock. And so you could take a look at that and really understand what the sock was going to look like and, and how your techniques change the way the sock is going to fit. So um, hopefully this is coming across as a rave review. I love this book. I can't believe I didn't buy this book the second it came out. I think it came out like two weeks ago. And I'm, I'm super, super excited to just delve into it and get to work on some socks. So check it out for sure. And let me know what you think. I, I'm excited to hear um, what people think of this book because I am obviously enamored. So that being said, I thought it would be fun to do a knit along. Uh, it doesn't have to be something from this book, but I'm, I'm hopeful that this book takes off like wildfire and that maybe people will want to go out and buy the book and knit some of the socks from it because they are super cool. But I thought it would be fun to just do a 
sock knit along. A lot of people talk about Socktober. I know that sometimes people feel pressured for knit alongs. I know that sometimes for me, uh, committing to a knit along is like the kiss of death. And then I won't knit on that thing forever. And I don't know what it is about deadlines or pressure or something. It just freaks me out. So I thought instead of just Socktober, we could do Socktember and Socktober and kind of keep it very casual. I will open up a thread for people to talk about the um, knit along and chat and things like that. And then I will open up a thread for finished objects and uh, the contest will run from today, which is September the 3rd, 2015 through the end of October. So uh, the contest will end Mountain Time at 11.59 p.m. on Halloween. And I really do, I want to keep it just very casual. I, If you've got socks already cast on, I don't, I don't mind. I don't care. Throw them in there. What the heck? Um, I'd love to hear people talk about their techniques and what they like and why and how many stitches do you use for your sock and or your feet, you know, funky in any way, not funky like smelly, but funky like size-wise or shape-wise, and do you have to do modifications to make your socks fit? Um, and let's just have some fun. I have some ideas about prizes. Um, if you've been listening even today, you probably have some ideas about what those would be, but there will definitely be a couple of prizes for me, and then I think I will go out and solicit prizes from a couple of people. That might be one of the things I try to do in Salida. Um, so stay tuned for updates on prizes. This was kind of a new idea when I got the book and got excited. I decided to just jump in and do this. The other thing that I wanted to offer up is I do have three sock patterns on Ravelry. Um, I will go ahead and give the caveat that I designed all three of these pairs of socks uh, before I took Kate's class, and uh, all three of my pairs fit me great, but I've, my sock knitting has come a long way, um, from April to now, so, uh, I'm offering you guys a coupon code, they're all three $4 patterns, but if you use the code SOCKTOBER, then they would be $2 US, and I would just love to have you guys post project pictures and Ravelry and things like that. So um, that's something I wanted to throw out there. The two ways to participate that I was thinking about is I will create a finished objects thread in the Ravelry board so you could post pictures of your finished projects there. Um, and then the other thing I thought we could do is use Instagram because I know people are getting pretty excited about Instagram. I think I'm late to the Instagram party. I think people have been excited about Instagram for a while and I am just just now showing up. So um, if you want to post pictures of your socks on Instagram and tag them with two hashtags for me, the first would be knit actually podcast and the second would be KAP Socktober. So I will pick um, a winner from Instagram and a winner from Ravelry and let's just have some fun and knit some socks. If you have questions, Give me a holler. This is the first time I've done a knit along, so there might be stuff I'm forgetting. But um, when in doubt, I guess assume there are no rules, and let's just keep it very simple. The, the first contest, which is still going on, um, there's only a handful of entries in there, but if you guys want to post your favorite colorway, um, I'm going to make a random number selection right now. Everybody's odds are really good because there's only a couple of entries. But um, I will draw randomly on September the 15th and dye a lucky winner some yarn um, that kind of matches what they talk about in their post in terms of their favorite color. So that one I had limited to U.S. only. Um, this one I feel like hang in there with me, guys, but I will try to extend this to people who listen from all over. I, I know from looking at the Ravelry group and things like that, that people do listen from all over the world, which is so cool and so phenomenal. And I don't want anybody to feel excluded. So if you win, it might be a slow boat that gets you your prizes. But, um, but I do want to open this up to everyone. If anybody knows um, a great way to ship things internationally inexpensively, please PM me on 
Ravelry and let me know or post in the episode thread or something and just let me know what your tricks are for that because I really do want to include everybody. I also don't want to spend a zillion dollars shipping stuff overseas. So give me a holler and let me know what you guys think. So I think that's it for everything today. Kind of a long episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I um, would encourage you to reach out to me in any of the ways that you are comfortable. The show notes will be on uh, knitactuallypodcast.com. I do have a Ravelry group for the Knit Actually podcast. You can go to facebook.com slash knitactuallypodcast or you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter as at knitactuallypodcast. So I would love to connect with you guys. I so appreciate everybody listening. I'm having so much fun. I feel like I'm starting to hit my stride and get the hang of the podcast. So thank you for listening and thank you for those of you who have reached out and commented and said nice things. It just makes my heart feel happy and I'm having a great time. So thanks again for hanging out. Um, Enjoy your knitting and I will talk to you soon. Bye.